0: The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2022 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at clnycnd.com. This morning on reading Romans 8, 19-21. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption, and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. right, thank you so much. All right, morning. Uh, just give me 25 minutes, and we're done. We're going to celebrate New Year. So find that, find that fourth quarter, find that next year, 25 minutes, okay? And I want to try to unpack for you uh, the application from last night, the uh, the scope of God's mission, and then look at the plan of God's mission. Before so I get started, I want to say, I want to just take a fun, one personal privilege if I can. Uh, I'm 50 years. Old, I'll be 50 years old in four weeks. And I've been coming to these conferences for 27 years. And I've been married 26 of those. And I've had children, 24 of those. So my children have grown up coming to this environment for 24 years. And I know you've noticed all the kids running around with families, the kids playing football out there, and all like, let, let me just heighten uh, what that means to us as parents and give you a vision for the future. All of us that have kids come into this conference. Desire that our kids grow up and see models of what it's like to do college in God with a lot of fun. And you guys are doing that for us. And so, with little touches, little laughs, little pulling the ball back, little, you know, prayers, whatever it is, go a long way for the next generation of these young kids that are coming up to see what it's like to walk with God in college and have a great time doing it. So, as a dad, having done this for 24 years, thank you for that little investment you made in the man. So, uh, but that gets to what we're going to talk about today is the mission of God is always about multiplying down into the next generation of God's people. And that's what we're going to talk about. So, Romans 8, we just had it read, but let me highlight it again. There's a couple words here I want to highlight. For the creation is waiting, way eager, eager longing for the sons of God to be revealed. Or the creation was subjected to futility not willingly because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself, remember the scope of God's vision, would be set free from its bondage and corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So, the creation of God and its liberation is, is tied to your personal liberation and freedom, and that liberation being revealed throughout all the world. So, that seed is. Becoming a tree, becoming a forest is exactly what God intends, how he intends to get glory from his, from the total creation. That's why it's called a new heaven and a new earth. A new creation is coming. Okay? So I'm going to give you a phrase that you can, uh, you can take to the bank. Uh, No matter where you live, no matter what you do as a career, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you have children, whatever. This phrase is, is the universal purpose statement for every, I would argue, every human, but specifically for every new human, new creation in Christ. Here's the phrase. You are made to be an image bearer, having dominion for the purpose of multiplied fruitfulness. I'm going to repeat this 10 times this morning. So we're going to to unpack this statement because you were made to be an image bearer, having dominion for the purpose of multiplied fruitfulness. The biblical starting point for this thing is is Genesis 1. God made man and and woman in his image. In his image he created them. God blessed them and said them be fruitful. Multiply, fill the earth, and have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, you are an image bearer, having dominion, with the purpose of multiplying throughfulness. All right, here we go. Ready? 20, 20, 23 minutes now. All right. This is my son when he was uh, three, two. He's seventeen now. And when he came out of the womb, you can guess what the first thing that someone said to us in the hospital. Wow, well, he's a spitting image of you, and you know we joke now. We hope he grows out of that, But you know. Right uh, but I mean, from the way we look, from the way our teeth are smiling in there, from our thumbs, Andrew is a spitting image of me. That's 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 an idea of the image. He's an image bearer. Of uh, Will Witherington. And I, you know, I'm sorry, son, that's your lot, right? But you're an image bearer. So that's one way to think about it. The other way to think about it is if you were to walk out onto this pond on an early morning hike out here in these mountains, and you were to see the late reflection there, your eyes would look at the reflection, but what do your eyes inevitably do? Pick up the original. The purpose of an image is to draw attention to the original. So when God says that you're an image bearer, you are meant to draw attention to God. When people look at your life, they're meant to see God. This is why the diversity of the world is so exciting. God is so big that he created men and women, people from every tribe, people with curly hair, straight hair, people with dark skin, and light skin, people that are short, people that are tall, people with these gifts, people with these stories. Why? Because the story of God is that big. Every one of us is an image bearer. And this, if, if you, the Bible starts here, what if we started here in all of our relationships? Just think about road rage. If you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off, and instead of being irritated that they took your space in the green light, what if you thought, hey, that's an image bearer? And how I treat that person right now matters. They're made in the image of God. Think about dating. If you're sitting on the couch at 1130 at night and you and your girlfriend are tempted and you both thought, wait a minute, this is an image bearer. The way I treat her or him at this moment matters. All the way down to the problem of racism and prejudice in our world. If we viewed everybody as God sees us, as his image bearers, there would be no room for prejudice and supremacy and in my people stuff. We are image bearers of God. So, wrapped up just in that one phrase, you're an image bearer, is so much glory. Why? Because it's God's glory. God is getting glory in you being an image bearer. So, you are an image bearer having dominion. What does the word dominion mean? Well, dominion is a word that means power, authority, jurisdiction, control man sway the right to govern. This is my wife and I. We went on a trip to uh, Scotland and this is up here on some thrones in this castle in Scotland. I just, I just think it's a little very for <laughs> but, uh, but, it would, but it's so incredibly powerful to go to these nations that are monarchical and to see the various castles and uh, relics of where kings over time have sought to put their dominion. These kings of England, the kings of Scotland, the kings of Ireland, they sought to have dominion over every place. Let me introduce a word to you that you've tried maybe have heard but have never used. It's very good for this. It's the word viceroy. This is what a viceroy is. If a king in a a location wants to have a presence somewhere in the world, he himself cannot go. He will send what is called a viceroy. That viceroy has the same authority in that place as if the king himself were there. In America, we have ambassadors. So, the ambassador to Brazil carries the weight of the United States in Brazil, so that if there were an attack on the embassy in Brazil, that would be an attack on the United States. Straight That's out. the idea of a viceroy. And you can give that God, right. The king of the universe. Wanted to have a presence yeah, on the yeah, earth. Your and he problem, said his viceroys in the form of yeah, Adams and Eve to, to exercise his rule on the earth. What I like. You are made in the image of God to have rule on the earth. And what's the purpose of that rule? Your own self-fulfillment? Money? Prestige? No. Multiplied fruitfulness. Another word that we could use here is flourishing. God intends for his viceroys on the earth. To be flourishing. And I love this picture. It's got the verse on it God said them, Be fruitful, the multiply. But just look at the colors. Look at the smile on that kid's face. Look at the innocent joy. This is, a, this is a great picture of what multiplied fruitfulness looks like. There's a child there. There's colors. There's fruits. There's vegetables. There's radiance. There's beauty. God intends there to be order and beauty and abundance wherever His reign is. That's what his purposes are. Multiplied fruitfulness. So here we go back to our verse. The creation waits with eager longing for image bearers with dominion to have a Why? Because when that happens, the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage. Now, let me give you a grid to think this through. Okay? The first thing you were made was a watchful. This something happened. So when we read that verse uh, in in Romans eight about the sons of God, you have to ask, what happened? Because that's not actually what's happening right now. There's a whole bunch of oppression and violence and harm and abuse and difficulty and struggle and disease and pain on this creation that's supposed to be liberated. What happened? Well, the vice messed it up. And two things happened. The vice became victims of sin, and they became villains of sin. Here's what I mean. Adam and Eve, when they were given the dominion of the world, they were then sinned against by them. And then they started sinning against each other. This is your story. Every one of you can raise your hand and say, This is how I've sinned against. For my coaches, my teachers, my parents, the internet, the world, the governments, financial things, systemic issues, I've been sinned against. And yes, you have. But you've also started sinning. You're actually now a contributor to those sinful things. You've actually made victims of others because of your sin. This is where we live. We live in this tension, don't we? I've been sinned against, and I'm sinning. To say that you're a victim doesn't mean that you get to you know, go home today, the officer pulls you over, and you got a that you don't understand, my dad's treated me bad, so I don't need to take it. That's not what we're talking about. But you are a victim of sin. You don't get to play a victim, because you're not a villain. You're actually making victims of other people. forgives those who have been saved. So let's follow this backwards. A victor has been given the grace of God, which is repentance. Repentance. I screwed up. I messed up. I was a villain and I sinned against you. We've been, been talking, like you know, our kids are older than they're adults, and, 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 and in our parenting, we have been, we have been working hard to, to, to disciple our kids in a host of things. And one of the things over the last several years, my wife and I have been growing in, and our kids are growing in, is what does it actually mean to repent? Let me give you an example. My wife and I get in a fight, and, and I come to her, and I, and, and, I say some, and I say some mean, hurtful things. And I come to her, and I'm like, hey, honey, I'm sorry you got your feelings hurt. It's not repentance. Because I just put the emotics back on her. I'm sorry, you got your feelings for me. You should have been tougher. You should have understood my intentions. You should have known that I didn't mean what I said. That's not repentance. Repentance in that moment is we say, honey, I was angry. I was selfish. I was unhinged. My words were harmful, sinful, mean. Will you forgive me for being a villain at this moment? Whatever and define that. That's repentance. Friends, this is such a grace. If you will just own that you're a sinner and you were you have so much freedom you in your life. The posturing, the deflection, the self defending, the posture, oh, you just understand no, no. it, all, it's, it's, it's maddeningly tiring. It's exhausting trying to, to be self righteous. Just tell the truth of yourself. Screw it up. Forgive me. Which then leads to the grace for victims. You've been victimized. Forgive. Forgive those that have sinned against you. And I'm going to walk you through my story in just a second to check out now. And, and then, there's coming a the day you will have full restoration. The theologians talk about an already not yet kingdom. We already have the kingdom of God present on because Jesus has come, but it's not fully yet realized. You understand that language? It's already here, but it's not yet complete. That's where we live. And in that, in between, we live as victims and villains in the sinful world. But make no mistake, you will be fully restored. All the bad things that have happened to you will be undone. Jesus is going to make everything new. Until then, we have the grace of repentance and the grace of forgiveness. Alright, let me tell you my with this. I was created as a vice, right? That's, that's the biblical truth. It's undeniable. I was created with it. dusty blonde hair, green eyes. Uh, born in Tucker, Georgia, I was married. To, uh, born into two parents, I had a sister. Uh, we lived, uh, you know, uh, upper upper middle class home. Uh, you know, I didn't get to choose that. I went to Tucker High School. I didn't get to choose that. You know, a lot of things. I'm made in the image of God. A lot of things I have no control over. And then people started sinning against me. And there's a lot of ways you can go. I'll just tell you my, my my daddy journey, my father journey, because it's a great picture of, of this, this grid. My father, who was uh, you know a charming man, was also a violent alcoholic and a violent atheist. He believed in no God, no religion, he actually believed himself to be God, and was a was a was an alcoholic and was violent towards us. So early on, I received these victimizing things from my father. At age 13, my father leaves He goes to prison. And so from age 13 to age 21, I don't see my father at all. He's in jail. And over time, the victim, victimization of my father, now I become angry, selfish, impulsive, cynical, doubting everyone, judging everyone. I now become this villain. And I've lived my whole life through some of these things. And then my junior year of college, I become a Christian, and I began to start thinking about <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, which I'll show you in a second. Any man that is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Oh my goodness, what would that mean for me, a victim of sin and a villain of sin? So here's the grid I went through. Do it backwards. I understood that Christ had saved me. What do I do with sin that I have? And it was a lot. There's a lot. It was so overwhelming when I was seeing my sinful behaviors from the way I treated people, from the way I handled situations, from my impulsive nature, from my lack of self-control. I got, I got kind of overwhelmed behind you know? So I, I just thought, what if I tried something small? All right? Some of you have heard this story before. So I, you know, don't judge, but I love Milky Way darks and Cherry Hill. just love. To this love. And I had a really big habit. Uh, I had a my junior year of college, so I was playing basketball. I to so come home from practice, or I'd be going to school, and I'd whip in this gas station right in our apartment, and I'd grab me in the morning, Milky Way Dark and Cherry Coke, All the way home, the nightcap, Milky Way Dark and Cherry Coke, right? And I thought, hey, what if I just try something? What if I deny myself Milky Way Darts and Cherry Coke for a season? there's nothing like wrong with Milky Way Darts and Cherry Coke, right? Well, I just said, what if I just said no to my body? What if that little effort of self-denial would do something bigger? And guys, I can not say what. Just telling myself no to move away from sure and share a good. Setting emotion, a life pattern, trying to find those ways. But I can tell that villain, you're not a sinner the universe. Everybody's not out to get you. You don't get to indulge in everything you want to do. You don't get to surf the internet as you want to. You get to repent of your sin. And just start small. I would commend that to you. Find something that you can just say to God, by faith, I'm going to trust you to rid this out of my life. And it could be something as stupid as chocolate bars and soda. But that little effort of saying, I'm done. you've given me the grace of repentance. I'm going to repent of sin that's in my heart. And I the, the victim came in Christ, it my junior year, and I knew my heart was so hard and so angry at my father. I knew from the beginning, you know, I, I read the passages, uh, I forgave you, and if you don't forgive others, you're not know, gonna receive my forgiveness. I'm like, whoa, you know, uh, you know, the passage, forgive others as God and Christ forgave you. I'm like, oh my goodness, God, you don't know what this man done to me. You don't know the years of harm and scars that I carry around because and you're asking me to forgive it. So what I did is I just started praying. Okay, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. And honestly, he's not very safe. So I really don't want to move towards him because I'm just going to get hurt again. But you said to forgive. So I'm going to ask you to forgive. forgive, Help me to forgive my father. No lie. I started praying that prayer for about three weeks. And I got a phone call. And without going into great detail, in back-to-back weeks, my aunt committed suicide and my grandmother committed suicide. And I knew at that moment, these are going to be the moments I'm going to have to express forgiveness to my father because it will be the first time in nine years that I had seen him. And I said, "God, give me a tender heart to see him." And I went into those funerals fully expecting to offer forgiveness to my dad and our relationship to be reciprocated. Didn't happen. My father died April first two years ago. He seventy-seven. I was forty-eight. From day 13 to day 48. 40, I saw my dad twice yes. I didn't restore, didn't repent, so we, weren't, we weren't connected. Forgiving others doesn't always result in that connection. What happened to me was my heart became tender. My wife and our first marriage was just a time in Tokyo, Japan. We lived there for three months with a team. and I don't know if you've ever eaten Japanese beef. There's a a beef that's famous in Japan called Kobe steak. Is that a curiosity? Maybe another Kobe steak. It's incredible. This is the best meat you can have. So we're we're in Tokyo. We're eating Kobe steak, and it just melts in your mouth. You you eat it. It's it's grass fed. They massage the cow, and it's like all this intricately. It it tastes that good. So we we eat it several times in Japan. Then we come home. We're, you know, we're back in America, and I don't know, I don't know if it was a Golden Corral or a Ryan Steakhouse. It, you know, it was one of those cheap buffets. We just went there to eat because you know, we were fresh out. And they you had know, their slab of steak sitting under the heat lamps, and they ate it, it was like beef jerky. <laughs> it, was like, it was a ribeye beef jerky. You know? uh, and, but but here's, here's what I thought about. You know, the tenderness of that Kobe steak is what God does when we offer forgiveness to others. It might, re- it might result in restoration in relationships, but what will for sure happen is your heart will be tender. If you don't forgive others, you will be like that beef jerky, very chewy, hard, difficult candy. So as a villain, repent. As a victim, forgive. And trust God for that full restoration, and it's going to be yours when Christ makes it. Have it right now, and you will have it fully when it comes back. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old has passed away, the new has come. So, you're an image bearer having dominion for the purpose of multiplying fruitfulness. What do we do with this multiplied fruitfulness? What God was doing in me through all that dealing with my own sin and learning how to live the gospel out in my daily life, God was then moving me into the lives of other people to multiply. Let me show you this passage. This is what is commonly called the Great Commission. I want you to notice the language here. Jesus has his disciples on the top of this mountain in Galilee. He is just resurrected from the dead. He's getting ready to ascend back to the right hand of the throne of majesty going to commission now before he leaves this is very fitting for us as we're about to leave this conference he says guys all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me notice the image bearing dominion language this is jesus christ the scriptures call him the second Adam. What Adam failed to do as an image bearer, Jesus did fully. He is the exact representation of the nature of God. He is an image bearer to the fullest extent. And he says, I have been given all authority on heaven and earth. And I proved it through my resurrection. Here's what I, as the risen Son of God, are telling you go make disciples of all the nations. When I started back in the garden, I want to continue. In the garden, I raised you up as an image, I made you as an image bearer, having dominion, so that you would multiply yourself all over the world. I wanted more Adam and Eve who were image bearing, dominating the world, not being dominated by the world, but giving God's rule to the world. And we screwed it up. And God sent his son to undo all that. And here he comes and he restates Genesis 1 in the Great Commission and says, let's try this again, guys. You now have my spirit. You now have my authority. Go, multiply yourself in the nations. Those 12 disciples like, okay, here we go. Y'all may have heard of this, this, this kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek joke that the angels, so said when Jesus left the sea, he went back up to heaven, right, and, uh, and the angels were like, whoa, that was incredible. Walking on the water, the, the raising from the dead, the chasing the water to wine, the you know, God has come. All things are going to new. Jesus, what is your plan for getting that good news all over the world? And he brought the angels over to the edge of heaven. It's like, you see those 11 little heads, daughter? That's my plan. And the angels go, that's plan B. But it's, 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 it's tongue chicken but that kind of feels the like, way it is. Like, seriously? Like, this good news of the kingdom has been entrusted to us, right group? Yeah. Why? Because the glory is about him. He intends to make the image bearers that you are reflect his glory again. He intends to make you who have been dominated by the world and everything around you to now be dominance. Everything from your dorm room to your studies to your cell phone to your relationships. He intends to get glory from all of that. Why? So that you would multiply that fruitfulness in everybody around you. Go exiles. That's what it means for the creation to be liberated. Friends, as you leave here, the creation itself is groaning for you to go reveal yourself as the son and daughter of God and to go make disciples of others. <laughs> because you and I, image bearers, have a dominion for the purpose of multiplying truthfulness. All right, let me close with two, two pictures from creation, and, and, and you, you've probably noticed a theme in, in some of my teaching is is I, I really see in the fabric of how God made the world wisdom. We should learn from this from the acorn. We should learn from the ant. We should learn from creation because God has spoken clearly in the witness of Scripture, and then even more so in the witness of His Son, and then even more so in the witness of His Scriptures. So I like to I like to heighten the way nature and creation shout these biblical principles. And here's one. Back in 1994, I went on my first summer project. Uh, you you probably heard about these. And uh, I went on two projects, 1994 and 1995. In 1994, I was I was a new Christian, and I was learning all this stuff that, I, that we were talking about, about multiplying and with your sin and all. And I was walking on the beach in Panama City Beach, Florida, and I was just watching the waves, one after the other, crash on the shore. And this is my prayer god give me a life spent where just one person after another comes into my life and receives the glory of god that you've given me and goes back out to the sea give me one more give me one more and we're praying for you know several minutes as i just watch the waves crash on the shore god do that with my life i would commend that to you this is what God wants from our lives. That wherever we, whatever shore we wash onto, we wash onto, take the glory of God back out the sea and wash more onto it. This process of the waves crashing. And the second image, I like the ocean, but I actually am obsessed with mountains, love mountains. This is a picture of the Teton Mountains. I've actually been to the top of right? the Teton. Uh, this is a chapel. Called the Chapel of Transfiguration at the foot of the Teton Mountains in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Right? You walk into this chapel and it's got this window and you see the the mountains there and the cross right there. And we the there, if this picture was taken 18 years ago, and so uh, we've been back a ton since, but 18 years ago, I looked at this cross and I looked at those mountains and all this came together for me. And here's how. those mountains God created are groaning for the sons of God to be. God sent his only son into the world to those mountains and everything around them to be over Right there in this chapel is a picture of that. Because, friends, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You still live in the victim-villain struggle. Sin is still part of your life. But there is one who has fully done what God has asked. It's the son of God. And he said about himself that he was the seed that went into the ground and died and multiplied. He is the image of God and has done fully a life in full obedience to God and has purchased for you forgiveness of sins this cross. And so in the foreground of a creation being renewed is the renewer of all creation, Jesus himself. And so what the scriptures say is that you and I align ourselves in him into our new creation. And you are reading about the renewal of all things. So the application of this talk is simple. You want to multiply your life within in Christ. Because that's what he's doing. He is multiplying image bearers of dominion all over the world. What a high calling! And I pray that God gives you the grace to do that on your campus, your family, and the world for the rest of your life. You're an image bearer, having dominion, with multiplied fruitfulness. Amen. Many are wide-eyed here, this teaching, and many are tired-eyed, this teaching. Wherever they are, I pray that you would raise them up to see their life as utterly significant to you. You made them as image bearers, and then you redeemed them from their sin, so that they could be restored as image bearers. Lord, I pray that every one of us would walk out of this room, and starting with the New Year's Eve parties that we go to tonight that we would show up at those parties as image bearers, having dominion to multiply through the Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, as we go to see our it's families, which for many of us ridiculous. we have struggled, the dysfunction is high. I pray that these students would be image bearers having dominion for the purpose of multiplying through the blessing. I realize I had not talked to you. <laughs> I'm going to go back That's to okay. this. That's I got it. Goodness of God. Right? Wherever like it is, whatever studies they have, whatever teams they're on, whatever sororities they're in, God, would you cause them to show up there in Christ as an image-bearer, having dominion, the purpose of multiplying us. God, please, we pray that you would do this, that you might get all the glory. As we sang last night and heard last night, worthy is the Lamb to receive blessing and honor and glory. So we ask that you would do this for your own sake. Give us the grace with you, in Jesus' name. The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2022 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at clnycnd.com.